Hey, Connected Parents. Welcome back to another episode of Connected Parenting. Today, I'm going to talk about swearing. I've had lots of requests to do a podcast on this. It's a really tricky one, and it very much depends on the age of the child, how you deal with it. And I just got a request actually from Kat, so shout out to Kat, um, to do a podcast on swearing. So here we go. Hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Colary. I'm a child and family therapist and a parenting coach and the founder of Connected Parenting. And welcome to the Connected Parenting Weekly Podcast. Join me every week and we'll tackle everything from temper tantrums to bedtime to sibling issues to teenage angst. Parenting can be so wonderful, but it can be so hard. Parents often say to me, hey, can you just come live at my house? This is the next best thing. Let's do this together. All right, so swearing. Let's take a developmental approach to this. And all of this is going to be within the context of the connected parenting method. So just a quick reminder to anyone just jumping in and listening for the first time, make sure you go back and you listen to the first and second podcast, which really talk about mirroring the science behind it, the beautiful chemicals like oxytocin and serotonin and opiates and endorphins that are literally like medicine. It is, it is magical medicine for your child. And so everything that I teach is within the context of knowing how to mirror and connect first and on the premise that you always connect before you correct. And when you do correct, you're doing it in a very loving, strong, firm, uh, but loving and neutral way. So go back to those for some quick reminders. But with that in mind, let's, let's deal with swearing. So first of all, when kids are really little, so when they're just acquiring language, they really don't understand what's a bad word, what's a good word. And they're using parental and sibling reactions and adult reactions to kind of gauge whether the word is going to be useful or not useful or whether they can get a reaction or not get a reaction. So swearing is one of those things where it's so cute and so funny when a two-year-old or three-year-old swears. And so often the adults or older siblings will chuckle or they'll kind of chuckle to each other or they'll literally laugh out loud. Um, and that really shows the child that this is funny and they can get some attention and this is great. And, and I can get a really good feeling back from the, the people in my life when I use this word. So it's really hard because you want to kind of giggle. But at that point, you really have to be very, very neutral. Now, the other thing that's really important when you have little ones is they don't necessarily understand the context. So you really have to think about intention. And this is always true with little ones. You know, if the intention is to hurt someone's feelings by it, if the intention is to deliberately do something they know that they can't, shouldn't do, then you would treat it very differently. But often it's exploratory. So when they're little, they're little scientists. They're trying to figure out, if I say this, what happens? If I bang this wooden spoon on the coffee table really loud, what sound is it? If I take this Vaseline and smear it all over the mirror, how much fun can I have doing that? There's no intention. There's no, uh, there's no malicious intent. Um, even though sometimes it can look like it, it's really just exploratory. And it's really no different with swearing. So when your child swears, try your best to be absolutely neutral. Laugh about it later. Um, don't make a big deal out of it. And just kind of gently redirect them. And just say that's a hurting word or that's a grown-up word. Or literally ignore it altogether, which sometimes with little ones is the best thing to do of all. Just don't even pick up on it. Most kids figure out pretty quickly that certain words aren't okay to say. And you'll actually discover sometimes with your toddlers that they do know swear words, but they're but they're showing really good control in terms of not using them. And Olivia would kill me for this story, but I remember when she was little, 
she's 17 now, but when she was, I think four or five, she had to go to the dentist and she had a paradoxical reaction to the sedative that she was given. And she was calling the dentist all kinds of names. We hadn't even, I had no idea she even knew she had older siblings, but I had no idea she knew those words and they came flying out of her mouth at the dentist's office. It was very shocking and very embarrassing. Um, but once she kind of came off that medication, she didn't even remember it. She didn't remember doing it or saying those things, but, um, it was kind of reassuring to know that she actually knew those words and wasn't using them. So intent is actually really, really important and trusting that your kids are often quite bright and can figure out exactly, um, what they need to do and what words are appropriate and not appropriate. So generally when they're small, do not make a big deal out of it. Just don't say anything. It's just not something that you need to kind of address or pull attention to. Now, when kids get to the point where they're using those words to test you, to see if you're going to set those limits, now we're into kind of a different approach. So there's a couple of ways we can do this. Now, usually when I work with families, I deal with hitting first. We do a you hit, you sit policy. And the sitting part is not punitive. It's not awful. It's not mean. It's just an opportunity to neutrally go and have a think and get your arms and legs and your body under control and then come back into the situation without a whole lecture. No, like, oh, you know, you need to do this and you need to say sorry. There's none of that. It's just when they come back to the situation, great, glad you're back. Let's get back to having some fun. Um, And then if they hit again, it's, uh uh-oh, back we go to the sit. So if your child is not hitting, Uh, Then the sort of next layer that I usually recommend dealing with is what I call hurting words. So in this case, it would be swearing, it might be name calling, whatever um, is the most extreme word of choice for your child. For some kids, that's swear words. For some kids, it's poo-poo head. Like it doesn't really matter. You just sort of look at, you know, whether or not the behaviors and those words are hurting. So if you decide that they are hurting words, then you can do... um, a sit policy for that as well. So that every time they say that word, it's, uh oh, you know what? That word came out of your mouth. And remember always mirroring and connecting first. That goes without saying. Then you're going to address the behavior and you're going to have them just go, they can have a comfortable little pillow that they sit on or they can sit on the stairs and just have a little think. When they're finished, could be two, three minutes. If they're little, it could literally be a minute. It's really not how long, it's that, that you actually do it every time consistently. And then when they're finished, you're like, okay, you're ready. And off you go to do what you were going to do. Um, if the word comes out again, you say, uh-oh, okay, well, we'll just do that again. You, you sit and have a little think and they have a little think. They stay there for 20, 30 seconds. In the beginning, it's going to drive you crazy because they might do it over and over and over again because they're testing you. You're going to stay very neutral. You're going to be very loving. You're going to try to be very unruffled and you're going to be very, very consistent. And if you stick to this, they will drop it. I promise it will not last very long. Sometimes, um, and so as kids get a little bit older now, um, and it depends when you have kids of different ages, they'll learn these swear words from each other. And most kids actually have figured out that they can, you know, use swear words with their friends or their siblings, but when they're adults around or when their parents are around, um, they choose not to use them. Most kids have pretty good self-control over this. When kids start to figure out that these words have weight, that they can really hurt people with them, or they can really upset you with them, this ties in a little bit to the uh, adrenaline uh, play thing that I was talking about. That So some kids um, 
will say really provocative words, will swear and say really kind of, I don't know, just things that kind of really get under your skin as a parent. And they do it because they want to see a reaction from you. And then you have a great big reaction. Then they get a hit of adrenaline. Adrenaline is a stimulant, just like the ADHD medication that kids take. They get a hit of adrenaline. Adrenaline then stimulates the frontal lobe, bringing the frontal lobe into balance and actually medicating the brain. So again, even when we're dealing with older kids with swearing, when they do swear, you have to be quite neutral. So mirroring first, connecting before correcting, reminding them, you know what, you're a good person. And I know that you don't, I know that you know how to not swear. I know you don't swear at school. I know you don't swear online with your teachers. I know you don't swear in front of your grandparents. You're a good person. And most of the time you make really good choices. But in this situation, you know, you're saying that word and it's not okay. And there's going to be a consequence if you continue. Now that's the front loading piece that I talk about throughout my podcast and throughout the Connected Parenting Program. You don't just come running. I heard that word. Now you've lost this. That's going to be interpreted as mean. That's going to be a punishment. And a punishment is where you did this and I'm going to make you feel bad. A consequence is when you do this, you're making a choice and this consequence will follow. So again, in this very, very neutral way, you tell them if you continue to use that word, there will be a consequence. And it doesn't have to be a huge, massive thing. I wouldn't suggest taking things away for two weeks. Um, That's too big of a consequence. When consequences are too big, then they feel mean and they feel like injuries and kids will not follow them. If the consequence is too light and too little, they're like, hmm, that's worth it. I can call my brother that and and have to sit on the stairs for 30 seconds. That's not a big deal. So the consequence has to have some weight. So they actually have to make a choice. Is this behavior worth it? What is this behavior going to cost me? Um, And that's a really important piece. Now, when you're doing any kind of consequencing, it's not the consequence that's the most important part. It's, it's the choice making that's the important part. So you want to help your child understand they're making a choice. And if you're choosing a hurting word and you're choosing to hurt people's feelings in this family, it's we have to help you as adults, as your parents. We love you enough to help you realize that's not going to work for you in this family. It's offending and hurting other people. It's not going to work with you for you outside of this family. There's going to be consequences later on in life if you behave this way. And so we would rather be the teachers helping you figure that out because if we don't do it, life will and life is a much harsher teacher. So it's really kind of laying it out in this way and then also helping children to tune into their integrity. Now, this is true with all kinds of things, not just swearing, but you want to have them think about, and this is better done either before when you see them kind of winding up a little bit or much after the behavior has presented itself. So later at bedtime is a good idea or maybe later when you're driving them somewhere and you just start with, always start with mirroring about whatever you think the situation is. And then you say, help me understand. You're a really good person and you don't treat your friends this way. And you're really nice to your grandma and you care so much about the dogs. Help me understand what was going on for you in that moment and why choosing that swear word seemed like the best thing for you to do. So you have a conversation about it in that really loving, neutral way. And then you bring the conversation to helping them tune into their integrity. So when they are saying swear words or when they're being really nasty or using harsh or hurtful language, you want them to begin to tune into the feeling that's in their body. There's going to be an angry kind of sick feeling. We all know this feeling. Whenever we're saying things that we know we shouldn't, there's a feeling often right in our chest or in our stomach where that's our body. That's our 
That's our biochemistry talking to us. Those feelings and those emotions are emotional indicators telling us that we are off, that we are behaving in a way that is not in our um, highest good. We're, We're not showing, we're not tuned into our integrity. We're not coming from a place of love in that moment. We're coming from a place of fear or anger or bitterness. And so you want them to tune into that feeling and say, next time you use those words, listen to your body. Where do you feel it? Do you feel it in your stomach? Do you feel it kind of in your gut? Do you feel it in your chest? That's your body talking to you and telling you you're not making a good choice. And when you make a better choice or when you walk away or when you say, you know what, I would so like to swear right now, but I'm not going to, there's going to be a lift in your body. There's going to be a sensation that feels actually good. And that's that's um, that's when you're tuned into your integrity. That's when you know you are doing your best. That's when you're tuned into your frontal lobe. Your frontal lobe is up and running. That's when you're achieving heart, uh, brain-heart coherence, when your heart and your head actually agree. And that's usually when you're coming from a place of love. Now, this is not going to be one conversation with children. This is something you're going to come back to. Don't you know, drive them crazy with this. So pick your moments. But you want to be having these conversations where you get them to tune in to the best in themselves and to understand that whenever they get angry, they're going to be contributing to whatever situation. Um, and they're basically going to be getting in their own way and they're going to be overreacting to the person that they're dealing with. So that's the other piece of swearing, these sort of side conversations that you're going to have about it. Then the, um, the containment piece. So there's a few different things you can do. You can do like a, you hit, you sit thing for little kids or, or you, you use hurting words. You, you sit for little kids you can have them earn um, some, and it could be anything. You could have little elastic bands that, you know, little hair elastics and they, in different colors, and they earn one every time they might have sworn and they didn't. You can use checks and, uh, you know, on a, on a chart. You can use poker chips. You can use um, pretty little stones. Uh, you can get them at Mastermind or any kind of sciencey store, little pebbles and little stones, and you can drop them in a jar. You can use clear little glass pebbles or beads, put them in a jar and actually have a little light up those little fairy lights inside a mason jar. And when they get to a certain line, you have a lighting ceremony and you light it up. You know, you went this many days making good choices and not swearing. I would pick one behavior here. Don't pick being good. That's too open-ended. They won't know what that means. Pick a target behavior. And so in this instance, we're talking about swear words or bad words or hurting words. I tend to think that using positive reinforcement works better Although having said that, there are some kids where they don't, positive reinforcement doesn't really work for them. (laughs) Only negative reinforcement works. And so you can either start with the jar at a certain level and they lose coins or or pebbles or whatever it is. Um, Or you can use red light, green light, which can be really great. So um, if they're, you know, if you see them escalating, if you see them getting a situation where swearing could start, you can say, hey, I think this is a yellow light situation and remind them to walk away, to do some breathing, to line up with their best self, be in their integrity, that kind of thing. Connecting can work here. Humor can work here. Um, and then when it's a green light, they're handling themselves. And when it's a red light, they've sworn, they've done something they shouldn't do. And if they get a certain number of red lights in a day, then they they can they lose something. There are certain kids where that actually it sounds so mean, but that really does work for them. Um, and there are kids who really that doesn't work at all. It's just mean, and they they it, they'll sabotage it. And really, just positives work. So this would be a good time for incentives. 
And I know there is kind of mixed advice, but I do think incentives can be very helpful for a short time. I want to remind you that they have shelf life, usually two to three weeks, and then it gets old and it gets boring and everybody forgets to do it. But it can be really effective for a very short time to reward the behaviors or discourage the behaviors that you don't want. Most of the time, though, I find that just rewarding the behaviors that you do want and kind of ignoring the other ones works the best, but it depends on your child. The only thing I'd like to say in addition to all of this is we have to watch our own swearing. So yes, it's something that adults get to do. And we can certainly explain to our kids that when you're an adult, you know when to swear and when not to swear. And it's something that adults um, are old enough to, to do um, and that kids aren't, but kids sometimes struggle with that one. But remember that kids are always listening. They are always listening. Their little ears are always just tuned in <laughs> to everything that we do. So just be aware of that. And then the last quick word on teenagers is sometimes for them, swearing is a bit of a rite of passage and they're like, ooh, I get to say a swear word, what's gonna happen? Um, so just having the conversation with them about when it's appropriate and when it's not. Um, and that part of being old enough to, to use swear words sometimes is knowing the appropriate time to use them. Uh, and if it becomes a big issue, then I would do uh, a very consistent consequence, five or 10 minutes of phone loss if they swear, make a distinction between, you know, they stub their toe and they say something by accident and whether they're calling someone a name. But I would say like a smaller consequence, don't do, you know, take the phone away for two weeks or anything. That's generally doesn't work very well. But if it becomes a problem, if swearing is kind of out of control for your teen, then just tell them, you know what, there's a cost. It's going to cost you. If you swear, it's going to cost you 10 minutes of your phone. Um, and I would try that. So thank you so much for listening. I hope, I hope swearing is reduced in your house. It's certainly something that many, many households deal with. It's, uh, it, can be, it can be a bit of a challenge. But anyway, good luck with that. Um, don't forget about my other podcast, the a mental health comedy podcast with Ed Krasnick and Jennifer Colary. We interview well-known celebrities and comedians, um, about their mental health and it's full of strategies and things that really, really work. And it's funny and they're swearing in that. <laughs> so don't let your kids listen to that one. Um, also go to connected parenting. We've got all kinds of resources there online for you. We've got a team of therapists, um, I've got my books uh, that you can access there. And we also have an online masterclass that has either just watching the curriculum and learning the model uh, through video, or there's also uh, an option with a live uh, monthly coaching call component. So I hope to see you guys there. See you next time. Hi, I'm Barrett Kaleri from Connected Parenting. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. And don't forget to check us out on the web at connectedparenting.com and like us and follow us on Facebook.